0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's very good to be here today. Um, um, And I think I'm meant to share from the scriptures, right? (laughs) All right. it's very good to be here today. Thank God. I, I feel very strongly in my heart about what God wants us to share. Uh, I'm nowhere still like very contactless. But it, could you wave at the person on your left and on your right? If you know how to do sign language and tell them I love you, uh, you could just try, try. Even if you don't know how to do sign language, do something. Sign to them that I love you. And the lady in front says, This guy beside me is a bit awkward. I don't know him. I don't want to give him my tears. It's a bit early. <laughs> All right, praise God. All right, uh, uh, independence celebrations over uh, on Friday over the weekend. And I know that sometimes it's a bit difficult to uh, pray for Nigeria, to think about Nigeria, to be in Nigeria. Uh, but God purposely puts us here, right? It wasn't a mystic, all right? And I trust God that His plan, uh, the very reason why I am not an American despite the fact that everything in me points to it. (laughs) I trust God, but that plan will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to sing, but if you could just play the keyboard, if you don't mind. I don't know you, but it's fine. What's your name, sir? John. Welcome. All right. So when I'm preaching, if you just play, I'm going to preach about God, uh, uh, the artist, and the big picture. So you have to like think of songs that speak about God's creative ability, right? They have to be Christian songs. (laughs) Uh, You can play hymns. I like hymns. You can play one hymn in the middle. And towards the end of the message, I then get into talking about how you need to trust the artist because he has the big picture. So you kind of have to play songs about trust. Have you got all that? (laughs) It will come to you, but, you know, just play. But like I said, just keep it clean. Christian music, no Bonner Boy, no Johnny Drill, nothing. Just, you know, just keep it clean and let's go. All right. Um, BWS, where's BWS? She's somewhere in the crowd. Um, Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. When I call her my pastor, she always tries to dodge. But thank you so much for the work you're doing here. And thank you to all our wonderful pastors and all our leaders. All right. Um, Let us pray this morning. Where you are, would you please say a prayer to God about what we're about to do? Would you close your eyes if that's comfortable for you, but would you pray this morning? Would you ask our Father that as we go through scripture, that he would speak to your heart, he would speak to my heart. Would you ask for an anointing that makes the teaching, the preaching, the hearing, the doing of his word easy? Would you ask for that to be present in this place? Would you pray for the person on your left and the person on your right? You do not necessarily know where they've come from and the burdens that they carry. But would you ask that in this time of fellowship, as we go through God's word, as we break bread together, that something supernatural will happen in this place. Our Father and our God, we come to you today in faith. Lord, let this be about you. Lord, let your power be evident in this place. Let lives be changed. Let someone who is is broken-hearted receive encouragement and strength from you. Let us not live here the same in Jesus' mighty name. Gospel shout a big amen, amen. a huge amen amen. amen, amen. Now they've got me all like hooked up to this thing, but I kind of feel like I'm preaching when I'm holding a mic. So is that okay? Is it okay? Amen. Can I try this? All right? Fine. All right. So I'd like to read out of. Oh, which one do I turn off? This one. But, but this is what I want to use. Praise God. I like but this is this is where my voice is. This is my this is like this is like really me. You guys hear this one? This has got like the baritone and everything, right? This is the nice one. Oh, come on now, guys. All right, praise God. Yeah, this is me. Yeah, I was wondering. So I'll write a read out of Psalm eight and verse three. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Idris. Uh, uh, this is my church. This is where I come to church. Um, uh, what else what is it about me? Uh, I mean, my, I'm married, that's true, married, (laughs) I'm married, uh, 17 years, Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, 17 years, Uh, I've got a couple of kids, Uh, God has saved me, Uh, he's got, Jesus saved me, Uh, still, you know, moving through life and and maturing, I still have my challenges, I watch the odd Arsenal game, so you can imagine what God is still doing. (laughs) in my life, uh, but I'm very pleased to be. I believe I was born to preach this message. I believe that this particular conversation is very important. So, Psalm 8, uh, verse 3, in the Passion Translation. Psalm 8 and verse 3, in the Passion Translation. All right, if we could put it up. Otherwise, I'll read it to your hearing. It says, look at the splendor of your skies. Your creative genius... Glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at the moon, at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artists who fashioned it all. All right. Um, It says, mounted, look at the stars, look at the moon. He's talking about God, the Sabbath. And he says, when I look at the stars, I look at the sky... I observe your creative genius in the heavens. I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. Uh, The next uh, verse says, and if you go to the verse 5, verse 4, if you don't mind, uh, then says, he begins to say, but look, what is man that you are mindful of him? But our contemplation today, and I guess for most of this month, is about God as an artist. We call it the art of God. And I'd like to start today speaking about God and the big picture. Uh, here, the, you know, the Sabbath says, you are a fascinating artist. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, as I grew up, know? And I wanted to be like a proper gentleman. So I kind of checked out what are the things you need to kind of know as a gentleman uh, to look, you know, so the, you, it comes across like you're educated. And one of the things you should know a little about is art, right? A little, not, not too much. All right. A little about is art. So it's art. What else, guys, should you know about? Sorry? Wine. Okay, wine. <laughs> this is music. Let's do music. Sorry, follow me? watches, don't deny, come on, speak out, (laughs) anyway, but you, sorry, cars, you need to know a little bit about cars, you know, but you need to kind of, and so I I began to look, you know, I would read a little about art, yeah, I remember uh, the first time I was in uh, Paris, yes, I've been to Paris, yeah, (laughs) the first time I was in Paris, and you go to this museum, it's a huge museum, big, really big, it's called um, Deluxe. Does this follow me with all these facts? Uh-uh. Okay, but you go to that, and it's a really big museum, huge, huge, huge museum with all sorts of art. And so you go with a crowd, right? And you're from Benin, you really don't know all these things, but you just, you know, oh, this is nice, this is nice. Some things you don't understand at all. You don't understand what the artist was doing, why he did it, and you don't understand why everybody's gathered around it, right? And then we went to, I think there's like the Mona Lisa, you know, uh, I didn't really understand much of what it was about. It was like a lady smiling. And, you know, you, but you just kind of you know, go with the flow. It was a long day, right? But that left an But, but I think, you know, even if I wasn't very educated about art, you, you see the whole range of creativity in that place. I don't think we've got a lot of museums in Lagos, but you should try in this month to go to a museum, go to somewhere where there's art on display. The psalmist here says that God is a fascinating artist. A couple of years ago, uh, a gentleman who I'll mention later uh, painted this piece of work. Right? Uh, Amazing gentleman, amazing artist. I'll tell you, guys. Don't worry, I'll tell you about his name later. All right? But, but you see, God himself is the greatest artist that exists. Because art is actually a reflection of the heart, the character, the essence of the one who creates it. Uh, art, you know, kind of allows us to see something that the artist is seeing already. The iconic pieces of art are created by the artist. And they show us what is in their heart. God is not just an artist. God is the greatest artist that exists. The psalmist in the the scripture we read says that when you look at the moon, when you look at the stars mounted like jewels in their settings, it says one thing you realize is that God is a fascinating artist. I believe that we do not yet take enough time to appreciate the things that God has created. And I think we are so busy in our lives that we do not take enough time. I remember someone, you know, a couple of months ago trying to tell me to look at the clouds. And I was just like, look at the clouds, girl. Okay? You know what is, what is, why, you know? When you're in Lagos traffic, that's not what you want to look at when you're trying to deal with life. But what is amazing is that There's a gallery all around us that the stars represent at history at its highest. The moon, but even beyond nature, so trees and all that stuff, even beyond all that are human beings, are an amazing display of creative power. God is the creator of all creators, the founder of all founders, I like how Psalm 19 and verse 1 says it in the Passion Translation. It says, God's splendor is a tale that is told, written in the stars. Space itself speaks its story through the marvels of the heavens. It says, His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing His skill in creation's craftsmanship. Psalm 19 and verse 1. In fact, Paul, when he speaks to the church in Rome, writes them a letter, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. If you read out 20 to 21, he begins to say, look, when you want to know God, it is important for you to look at the things that He has made. I read it in the Amplified. It says, "For ever since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, been understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made. When God creates things, he leaves evidence of who he is. When God makes the mountains, he reminds you how great he is. When God makes the seas, he reminds us how great he is. When God makes all sorts of amazing animals, he reminds us how great he is. Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals his knowledge. But you see, I believe that the greatest art history that is displayed by God is in man. Our bodies are a fascinating piece of work. Just all the, as we're all sitting down here, all sorts of things are happening in the bodies that we carry. Things that we can't even necessarily control. Things that were put together before we were even aware. For one person, God gives them a lot of hair. Right? That's not my story, as it were. (laughs) But you've got a hat that is pumping blood somewhere in your chest. You've got amazing skeletal structure. You've got all sorts of internal organs all delicately laid out by God without your permission, without you even asking. Before you could pray a prayer, he put reminders all around you and within you about his creative power. God is the most creative one that we know. In fact, when he begins to speak to Abraham, and wants to inspire what I call generation-changing faith, he takes Abraham out and says, Abraham, would you look at the sky? And would you see all sorts of things? Would you see the stars? And he begins to talk to him. When Jesus is teaching uh, the church, or is teaching the disciples, he says, would you look at the lilies that are out there? And he says, none of us, you know, even Solomon in all of his grandeur, was not clothed like them. And and there is something to be said for us understanding God as an artist. And I'll tell you where I'm going with all of this. Because the greatest work that God has made is sitting on your left, is sitting on your right, is sitting right in front of you. When the gentleman who makes this piece of artwork does it. I have no clue where he was. I have no clue what he was doing, right? I have no clue what his intention was. But you know that this canvas, right, and what it is worth begins to change as we understand who is working on it, right? Now, if I tell you this was painted by uh, Follaby, right, how much value would we pay for it? Come on, guys, give me a figure. <laughs> Come on, any takers? If it's an auction, how much will you pay for this? Five One point what? Five. One point five million. <laughs> One five. <laughs> All right, that's if it's fallaby, right? That's, that's that's that's. Okay. They don't really rate your artistry. <laughs> what if this was painted by? Um, by BWS, so somebody will, you know, five million. Is anybody ready to pay now, please? <laughs> do you have cash or POS? Also oh, five million. Who's a popular artist that we know in Nigeria? Sorry, in Nigeria, popular Nigerians. Come on, guys, do us proud. It's Independence Weekend. We know one Nigerian artist. Anya Basti T Y Billachie, okay. So let's. Say, so this is T Y Bill. How much do we put on it? Ten. So you guys really don't know other like famous. There's a guy called Bruce. Uh, what's his long, very long name? Yeah, that chap. And because what happens if they you go into a gallery and they say to you, this piece of work was done by Bruce. I think it's on, 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 and, yeah. You know that guy. And they say, but well, this is like what the last piece of work he did was really sold at five million naira or ten million. And you look at it and you really can't understand what it is. You're like, oh man, this is really good stuff. <laughs> How much did you say it was 5 million? And you know, they said the last one was sold for 10 million. And, and it's the same thing. And when you travel globally and you hear about work of art and how much they are sold for, you realize that who works on it matters. So Paul begins to say to the church in Ephesians, he says, You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That who works on it matters because if it's uh, Leonardo da Vinci, it's a different price. If it's Michelangelo, it's a different price. And follow me, I'm sorry that they don't price you that highly yet. Just do what God has called you to do. (laughs) And so how much we understand ourselves as art that God has worked on and is working on sometimes is at the very heart of how much we value ourselves. How much are you what? It reflects in what we call self-esteem. And and so as I prepare for this, I began to say to myself, the same God who created the heavens and the earth, the same one who designed all those things that we see, is the same artist that is at work on me, in me, in my life. I'll come to that later. But how much are you what is a big question is a big question. So when we speak about God being this amazing artist, is he also the one who is the artist in my life? Because, you know, we don't say, look, but if he's the artist, then, Idris, I do have a question for you. Why are parts of my life the way that they are? Why is the world the way that it is? I do not, if it's an artist, what exactly is the point of this? What picture is he painting? Typically, the guy who is the artist can paint a picture that he sees in his heart, in his mind. He sees the picture before the audience. There is something within his heart that he has painted. The artist has what we call the big picture before he or she starts to paint. Is it possible that God has a big picture for our lives, for the world? Sometimes when you stand before an artist as they paint, sometimes you get confused because you are not sure where it's all going to. You are not sure how it all adds up. When they put the first you know, stroke of pen or whatever, you're not sure where it is going to. Do we understand what God is doing in our lives? Those who cannot see the big picture then get impatient. They get distracted. They get angry because they don't see where this all going to. Help me look at the person next to you and if you can, through your mask, tell them you're a big deal. You're, you're a big deal. You're a big deal. I don't think they heard you. Maybe you should tell the person on the other side. Tell them, I think you, you're, you're valued quite a lot. You're valued quite a lot. You're valued quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear the prize of artwork, I just, I hiss. I, like, I, don't, I don't pretend to be all sophisticated. I go like, how can it be? How, you know, five million dollars for what? <laughs> no, really, what did he do there? But it's about who did it. I assure you it was not the, the, I mean the same person could have made 10 canvases, Sold one to Falabi, one to Samuel, one to Chinahoe, and then one to Michelangelo. And then they paint, so you tell them paint landscape for me, and they all do their painting. But the price at the end is different. Who is the artist working on your life? Who is the artist working on your life? Because that's where you draw value from. Understanding who is working on your life. Because sometimes, whether we like it or not, we we sell ourselves cheap. Sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, we, we trade our souls for that which is cheap. How much are you what? How much are you what? Sometimes our experiences in life tell us we're not what much. But I have a feeling today that the people who still cannot see the big picture, what God is doing in their lives, agree with those circumstances. So the guy says, My background was that I was born in. Ibadan, right and so the guy says ah maybe i'm not worth much some other guy says but i was born in in um a commercial. just random places don't if you were born then not don't don't worry you understand later all right and some other person says uh, but i didn't go to a great school like maybe i went to like uh, a mid level school like like uniben uh, or covenant or you know and says maybe you know that's maybe <laughs> you know some other person says i i i made an i had an f9 in, in math some other person says it's not just what i did it's what has happened to me someone says i was raped abused as a young lady and so This artist who is working on my life, maybe I'm not really worth much. Someone says, my father and my mother left me, left us. Something happened. So maybe I'm not worth much. Someone says, you know, maybe there's none of the guys in church who really wants to talk to me. Right? So I'm currently almost 40-ish. I'm not married yet. So maybe I'm not worth much. Someone else says, oh, but, you know, I have sent out 55 applications for jobs, and each one says, we're, we're not hiring you. So, so maybe I'm not worth much. But that value is actually tied to who really is working on you. So who is the artist of your life? Who is the artist of my life? It's amazing that if you look through history of art, that not a lot of art is appreciated in the time that it is made. It is rare that art is appreciated while it is being made. It is rare that artists look at people go, Oh my goodness, this is so beautiful, while the artist is still painting or sculpting or designing. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, wait for me. Tell them, tell them, wait for me. Tell them, wait for me. I don't think they heard you. Just tell them, wait for me. Tell them, wait for me. Because when God starts to paint our lives, starts to paint the world, starts to do anything, he does it with the big picture in mind. i like to read a scripture in Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. He says, I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country. He says, Yea, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. God sees the end from the beginning. He sees the whole and the part and he can put it all together. Some pictures that God paints only make sense over time. Some pictures that God paints only make sense over time. It, it's very much like if you put, if you put uh, like ingredients for a pot of soup, right? Let's do that one, follow me, let's help me. So what do you need? If I put, what else? If we're going to make uh, a goosey soup, what do I need to put on the table? Oil, onions, pepper, you need water. You need water. Water, goosey, what seasoning cube? Maggie cubes. Salt, stockfish, crayfish, bummer. no meat, meat. You know, okay. Well, if you put all that there, right? Follow me. You're almost ready for marriage. I can see everything's almost there. You put all that there and you spread it out. You know, not everybody comes in and says, "My goodness, that's a wonderful egusi soup." Because sometimes all you can see are just the ingredients, right? And if you're baking, for example, you put all that, and nobody can see all that. And so sometimes in our lives, it's the little ingredients that are out there. And and we are struggling to define ourselves by the ingredients. We're struggling to define ourselves by the background. We're struggling to define ourselves by the first stroke, by the first 20 years. How, How can you be 20 years old and think you're a failure in life? But God, God hasn't even started with you. How can you be 25 and think you're a failure in life? He says I should improve the message. <laughs> he says, P.I. step up your game. Like, like preach more. It's like, okay. No not worry, i up thank you. So he gave me some pointers. Right, but but I mean, how can you be 30? and think you're a failure in life. You are not the artist of your life. I, I don't know who it is that God wants to talk to this morning. He wants to have a conversation with you. He says, would you let me do my work? He says, all you've done, I've just painted a few stripes. So see at Covenant University, two broken relationships, Nigeria. <laughs> As an old fan. He's like, hey, I failed in life. I failed. God says, hey, hang on, hang on. Let me do my work. Let me do my work. He says, because I'm the one who set the stars. I'm the one who set the moon. I'm the one who arranged the seas. He said, let me do my work. Someone is just 40. He says, they didn't like my post on Instagram. God says, let me do my work. He says, let me do my work. I've just started. He says, but you don't understand. I'm 40 and, and I don't have a house. God says, well, come on, let me do my work. He says, I'm the greatest artist that there is and the greatest act is not your father, not your mother, not the federal government of Nigeria. And it says, you are valued. Your, your value is not in Naira, guys. It's not in gold, even. <sighs> That's why when they come and say, oh, would you come and sleep with me? I'll give you an iPhone 13. You should look at them and tell them, perish with your iPhone 13. "Do Do you understand my value? And that is why you cannot define yourself by where you were born, or who liked you, or what school you went to or didn't go to, or what grades you got or didn't get. That's why you should step out like Abraham, look at the stars, and say, that's the same one who is working on me. That's why you should go every now and then and stand beside the sea and say, if God makes sure that this sea doesn't go dry, he's the one who's working on me. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, wait for me. Tell them, wait for me. Tell them, wait for me. So God has the big picture in mind, but we are human, so we deal with the small picture. We deal with who greeted us in the morning. We deal with who didn't reply our texts. We, we deal with the last appraisal. They said to you, oh my goodness, we don't think you can cut a career. You can really build a career in consulting. You are my life is finished. I am worthless. And God is moving around with the brush. He says, Will this girl stay in one place? I really need to put the, the next stroke. <laughs> but she's moving around. Ah, I'm tired, I'm tired. They didn't accept me, Mackenzie. I'm done. And God says, would you let me, the one who created the heavens and the earth, would you let me do what I'm doing? Someone that says, if you're not a millionaire by thirty one or not, thirty something. You're useless. And so you believe it. And so as the canvas that God is working on, you're moving up and down. And every time he tries to just get the stroke right, it, there's, there's nothing. God says, I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are yet done. So I love how he talks to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew you. Before your mothers carried you in the womb, God knew you. Before there was a naming ceremony. Before your mother even said to your father, I'm expecting a child, Demelade, God knew you. He was already excited about it. He had a big picture already. He says, before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind. And so guys, as we start this conversation, it is important that we step aside And understand that God does not make mistakes. That it doesn't matter what man calls you or hasn't called you. That you're not defined by where you live, guys. That when God sees us, He doesn't see us by Banana Island or Agungi or mainland. God doesn't see the brand of our clothes. That's not what he sees. He sees people who he has shared the blood of Jesus for, who he is working on. He says, in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 29:11, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. I, I, but, but then, you it, it say, Idris, it but if God is, if God is like, you know, this amazing artist, And I only see the small picture. How do I deal with him? Okay, where's John? Okay, are you playing the songs on trust now? Because that's part of my message. So you play trust songs. Do you have trust songs? I trust you, but I don't know that song. Which one is this one? Uh, old school. Good, good. Let's play, play it again. let trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. So you play for like one minute and you just keep going to change just shuffle, okay? And so how do how do I deal with the big artist? Because he's got the big picture, but I don't have the big picture. It just I hear you. God is the one working on our lives. The same God who created the stars and the suns. But how do I deal with it? I like what Proverbs says. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says to trust the Lord. I read it in the message translation. Trust God from the bottom of your hearts. Don't try to figure everything on your own. But I would trust the one who... Who designed the earth. That I would trust the one who created the moon and the stars and the sun. Who said to the sun, you will set out like this every day and it has not failed. That I would trust the one who created mountains and say, stay here. The one who says that before I was formed in my mother's womb, that he knew me. That I would trust him. And so I started asking myself, what does it mean to trust God? Because trusting God is not just a song that you sing. Trusting God is not just something that you say in church. Because if this canvas or the clay will not stay for the artist to interact with it, the work will not show. And so I said, what does it mean to trust you, Father? Father. And he reminds me about something that Jesus says to his followers in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. He says to them, then he said, if anyone desires to, fall, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And I was like, well... What does that mean? I read it in the Passion Translation. Jesus said to all his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your own life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. Uh, it says that those who would let the artist this big picture that he has in mind must stay still for the artist to do his work. I said, Lord, what does that mean? Should I do nothing? He says, no, but you know, that when you spend time in worship, what you do is that you recalibrate your heart to trust God. So when you wake up in the morning and you you kneel and you sing a worship song, you remind yourself that God is God I am not you remind yourself that God is the one who is at work that when we worship God we remind our hearts and our souls so when I wake up in the morning and I sing what song do you sing in the morning when you wake up figure in the spirit because I played that song this morning. Here is my worship All of my worship And receive my worship Now when I do that in the morning I resubmit myself before the artist. And so worship is not just fancy music that we play on Sunday that we present ourselves again before the one who is at work in us but to will and to do of his good pleasure. That, that is the beginning of trust. How do I trust the artist? And, and he said to me, he says, look, anybody who would not allow the artist, allow God access to their souls by his word and spirit it says they do not allow for the picture to show. And I said, what, what does that even mean? Because when God is painting, he's doing his work, he's putting the different pictures. One amazing thing he uses are his words. Read Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 4, 5. Paul begins to say how God is working on the church. He says that he He says, he calls it the washing of water by the word. That he may present her to himself as a beautiful church without spot or wrinkle. So how does this artist work? So I stay in worship. I'm, I'm just saying, Lord, I'm trusting you in all of my life. I can only see a small part of this big picture. But I'm trusting you because because you love me. I'm trusting you because you know plans for me. So I'm, I'm in worship. I stay in worship. And then the artist begins to speak his words over me. I read scripture and he begins to speak his words over me. He begins to say, "Chinaya, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He begins to say to Chinaya, look, I'm your shepherd, you will not want. He begins to say to her that the plans I have for you are plans of good and not of evil. To prosper And not to harm. He begins to say to her that a thousand will fall by your left. And ten thousand by your right. But no evil will come near your dwelling place. He begins to say to her, you are holy. You are beautiful. You are anointed. You are the apple of my eyes. That by the washing of water by the word. He begins to paint pictures on her heart. On her life. And no wonder Paul will say, look. He says, do not be conformed to this world. But but present yourself a living sacrifice holy and acceptable he says because this is your reasonable act of worship because ours is to submit before the artist and let him do have access to our lives by his words and he begins to paint a picture he begins to say to Sharon my peace I live for you he, he begins to say to Sharon you've not even begun to understand yet he says your, your, my calling over your life has nothing to do with age nothing to do with who came or who left who said what who didn't say what he says i am god i knew you before you were in your mother's womb he begins to speak those words to her he begins to speak those words to her jesus says those words are spirit and they are life he begins to speak those words to her the same words he spoke in genesis when he said sun come forth when he said moon come forth when he says mountains come forth sea stop here he begins to say those same words to her that is how the artist works. So I submit in the place of worship. So I don't wake up and... I mean, yeah, you, you can choose your music you like. But you, you, you don't wake up and you, you start, you know, playing Wonder Boy in the morning. First thing, no, come on, guys. Come on, guys, let's, let's do it. Wonder Boy is for parties, right? But you wake up and you submit... In fact, you get to office in the afternoon and sometimes you feel your heart is disquieted and you submit again. Jesus says those who would follow would constantly resubmit themselves daily. But not only will they resubmit themselves, because some people submit themselves, but they do not let the word of God have access to their hearts And so that reading scripture cannot be something that happens only on Sundays. That Sunday cannot be the only time you hear the word of God. In fact, someone else preaching to you cannot be the only time you hear the word of God. But you necessarily should hear God's word more than you hear the words of any other person. But I can tell my doctor that I trust him but if you don't let him interact with me, counsel, treat, I really do not trust him. That for the artist to create this masterpiece, the canvas must stay still before him. I don't know who it is who is in church today. God says you are not what they called you. I love the God experience. she talks about how there was a name change. So I don't know who you are, but you're not what they called you. You are not what they labeled you. I don't know what labels are. You. So, so, so we try to put lots of labels on our lives. I close it. Someone, you know, uh, some, some chap came to see us in the house or something. And he, like, he's a really popular guy as a music guy, very popular, not Falabi, or some other guy. And he leaves something behind. And my daughter, when my daughter says, oh well dad, if he doesn't come back for this, we can keep it because it will be really valuable at some time. And she was joking with me, but her point was that it was valuable because of who it belonged to. So this is the, this is the jacket that uh, Fallabee wore on his first music tour. Oh, they're scrambling for it. I pay five million. You know, sometimes, I don't know if it happens to you, but it's like Michael Jackson's shoes and someone paid 10 million. It's like, this world's going to end soon. <laughs> or oh, this is Elvis Presley's glove he wore on his left hand the day he came. I was like, somebody's bid beat 18 million. I'm like, why? But yet, there is someone who Jesus died for in Lagos, Nigeria. It's 21, it's 26, 30. And they're going around believing that they have no value, believing that they are worthless because they failed an exam, or because they don't have a boyfriend, because they are not married. They say they don't have a house. I wish you understood because as we change the names on the canvas, the price changes. By the way, the name is Tumbi. Stand with me. Yeah. Great artist. Single artist. Great. But, but there is a name on your heart is there there is a name on your heart I don't know who you are this morning I don't know what your name is Wura Oji Kenneth there is a name on your heart there is someone who has been literally saying stay in one place let me do my work No wonder the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable because God is trying to pent, but you are taking his work to other people to to pent on. And, And so he's like he's then having to spend time erasing and trying, but just he's saying, Let me let me do my work, Kenneth. He says, I know you want to be famous. He says, but let me let me do my work. Don't settle for cheap fame. He says, I, I, I know you want to be rich. He says, but don't settle for cheap riches. Let me do my work. Someone who hasn't heard God speak to them for a while. That you would make a habit of staying with the artists. Like Jesus says, Paul says, it's the washing of water by the word. Your true beauty, your true beauty, church. Church does not come by the application of makeup. And I'm, I, I respect the process and the outcome most times, but that's not your true beauty. Your true beauty will never be presented by fashion. Your true beauty, it's not about a hairstyle. Your true beauty will never come forth by a perfume that's not what it is. But there is the washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. For some of us, our canvases are a bit confused. There's what Kelichi said. There's what your father did. It's put a whole blotch there. There's who broke your heart. In fact, you then tore the canvas there. There's what you failed to do. Then there's your secret life. And, and you carry a heavy weight in your heart, in your life. Do we have a song about trust or I don't know what can we sing? But could we worship God and worship Him from the understanding for a minute or two but that this this is me. This is more than just a song. So so even before the band starts to sing a song could you and I, could we worship God? So, just even before the singer sang, and I mean, everywhere, 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 could you just worship God? And worship says, You are the clay, I am the clay, you are the porter. Worship says, While I was yet a blank canvas in my mother's womb, you knew me. Worship says you are the owner of my life, the author and the finisher of my faith, the captain of my destiny, the one who directs my path, the one who loved me before I had a name, the one who sees me even in my lowest points. That's what worship says. Worship says you are God and I am not. Worship says even while I was all my foolishness, All my craziness, you see me, you saw me, and you kept coming for me. That's what worship says. I don't know who is bringing worship before God today. Worship says, Lord, I've tried a million ways. I've tried drugs, I've tried sex, I've tried love, I've tried fame, but here I stand before you as your child, and would you hold me? Because you are the one who sees me, you are the one who knows me, you are the one who loves me, you are the one who is designing me. That's what worship says. I don't know who would worship God today. Ah, El Shaddai will worship you. Adonai will worship. So worship is more than just calling God a name. But it is that posturing of submission before the one who made everything that exists. And Lord, it doesn't matter what goes up and what comes down. This is Idris standing before you, presenting his life before you, saying, Lord, would you do your work? Would you put some paint here? Would you would you design something here? Would you do that which pleases you? That the big picture, Lord, that you saw—that's what worship says. That's what worship says. That's what worship says. You did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. You created me, but you created me to worship daily, so I'm it all right. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash Life NG.